Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world. We'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio and here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we have a great show today. We have a very, very interesting and sometimes difficult topic that we're going to cover today. We're going to talk about hospice, and that's veteran hospice and how it relates to veterans. And, you know, I know, Rob, before my mom got sick, I really didn't even know what hospice was. Uh, We are going to be talking about hospice, and hospice is something that... Uh, you don't really understand or appreciate or experience until you go through it. And I went through hospice with my mother. My mother had breast cancer and she passed away a year ago. And I have to tell you, the hospice nurses were wonderful. And um, I learned a lot about the hospice program. And I was so excited to to hear that there was a uh, program that was associated with hospice that specifically dealt with veterans. Now, I hear some clicking over there. Rob, are you back? I guess I am. I, I guess I don't know what happened. It was one of those odd things that dead live air, radio dead always. Air. Yeah. <laughs> dead air. Dead air. <laughs> I, what I had started to say was um, I, I know you um, were very fortunate to have the services of hospice. And with my mom, I did not um, have hospice for her. I did with my dad, but uh, not with mom. We, we didn't need um, to have services because she was healthy right until the moment she took her last breath but um i think still the um one thing that i noticed on Gwen's website when we get to talking to her is the importance of advanced directives so i i certainly want to get onto that topic too because whether you are in a situation where you have hospice services or not i think having those advanced directives laid out are still so important and it's so difficult for people to talk about it is very difficult to talk about. And, you know, I know when it was with me, I didn't really know what palliative care was. I didn't know what hospice, you know, these aren't terms you throw around in casual conversation. So when when hospice first started, I was kind of scared. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know what it meant. Um, I didn't know how valuable it was. I didn't know how how it would change my life. It would change my view of the dying process. Um, there was so many gifts from that, you know, and we went through Buffalo Hospice. So I want to make mm-hmm. sure that I, you know, put a shout out to the people over there because not only did they walk us through the process as a family, but they provided so much more than, you know, like what you see on this little paper brochure. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You felt the same way, Rob. Well, yes, in that we 
we were still somewhat open-ended. I think sometimes when people hear the word hospice, they think, okay, um, there's a definitive um, enclosure that is is the, the <laughs> all you can think of is the hourglass just just wisping away and I don't think so I think it's it's to comfort you for the rest of um, whatever and and I think that was just getting over that nomenclature getting over that um, pre predisposition of the and being negative that we are talking about making the best of what time is left to come. Well, and I think it can be really negative if you don't understand what's happening and if you don't have people walking you through the process. I mean, it's mm-hmm. negative. Anyway. Let's get, you know, let's put well, it out. Sure. That is not fun. That is nobody, not. <laughs> nobody wants to go, but, you right. know, when, we, when we're on our way, um, yeah. It, I And I think what's more uh, helpful too is for it to be such a family process in that the one person who's experiencing it may already have come to peace with this being their final journey whereas the whole family is just completely awkward and blithering you know uh, craziness because they can't they can't deal with it and i i think coming together to to process all together is what is so important well, and you need help, especially if you're in a big family, you know, like oh, mine, sure. you know, <laughs> I noticed, and I won't mention my siblings and, you know, <laughs> on how they went through it because they'll just shoot me, you know, dead right on the air. Um, no hospice for me. <laughs> but, um, but everybody dealt with it differently. You know, yeah. my brothers, my sisters, my dad, my my cousins, you know, everybody had a unique and beautiful relationship with my mom. So to see everybody handle it differently and to know that there wasn't just one right way, because, of course, me being me thought I was, you know, doing the best. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I'm the baby girl and that's what I do. But, um, you know, it was very interesting. I mean, it was so great for all the information that was provided mm-hmm. to us which we're going to talk about with Gwen, um, Gwen Sullivan. She's the director of the National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization. Um, you know, I think it could have been a, a, a big fight. You know, we could have fought a lot. There could have been a lot more hurt feelings, a lot more, oh, yeah. you know, challenges. I think, you know, when my dad, my mom, my grandma went through it too. I, you know, my dad was only him. So it was he and my mom. They were unified force. Boy, when you got a whole bunch of people, you could have a big mess in Maple Leaf Garden you know, right there in the hospice yeah. room. <laughs> Oh gosh, it it is difficult. I I am an only child too, so it was um, one of those things that I didn't have to deal with a lot of other emotions. We just kind of processed together, and but it doesn't mean now when my mom was, we knew that she was coming close to her time. We all sort of had to come together, and then when the when it was finally time, um, I th- I think we all knew we had all been there to visit her we had all been there we were we were um we were in a comfortable place as a family and that's a blessing it is such a blessing well i will i'll tell you like you know there's some gifts like you know my girlfriend uh is has just entered hospice or, or actually her husband is is starting hospice now and he's only 39 and they have you know three little girls and mm-hmm. you know my mom had a full family and I think there's a blessing in hospice that you don't realize that, you know, they help you 
say the things you need to say. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. I told my mom everything I needed to tell her. We had all those conversations and we were given that time, you know, when somebody dies suddenly or they die by accident or die Mm -hmm. unexpectedly, you know, there's no time. And the one thing about hospice is there's lots of time. A lot of times there's a lot of sitting, a lot of waiting and you can really, like, I look at that time you know, as I, I feel like I made that time count and I don't think I would have, have been able to do that as well if we hadn't had the guiding hand of hospice with us as a family. Absolutely. I do think that there is such a, um, a gift when we do have somebody come in because they not only are there to to help guide us through the the steps that we can expect to see, but they're also there to give that objective view. It's very difficult when it's em- that emotional, when it's your family, when it's you, when it is um, the ones that you love that you're you're going through this with. You you just can't see clearly, and that no. that objective person really does make a difference. Well, and there's so many things, you know, that that Gwen is going to go over uh, with us today, you know, about not only just the process, what hospice is, but, you know, with her experience for many years handling this program, you know, I can't wait for, you know, some of these best practices, best tips. I know it sounds really weird to have like best dying tips, but, you know, there really are, you know, we're not the first family to lose a mother. You're not the first family to lose a mother and father. And, you know, Mm -hmm. many of of our service members here are, um, you know, not only losing parents and siblings, but also children. And, you know, if you're faced with this inevitable, you know, that's the one thing is you really got to deal with it. There's no really hiding from it. And me being a big chicken, I like to hide from painful things. You really can't hide from it. So to have, you know, to at least know there's a program out there or people out there that can help you through this process is really great because you said, Rob, it's very, very overwhelming. It is. It's all, And there again, it's always one of those things that nobody talks about until it's it's the the end and um i think once people get over uh families are able to get beyond the the negative connotation and not think of it as completely negative but to think of it as a gift for the the last time that you will be together i think that's that's kind of the way to approach it I think so. And it also, like for me, it's given me a lot of relief, Rob, that like, you know, I know I did everything I knew possible and that, you know, hospice, the hospice people helped me and my family, you know, as best as they could so that, Mm. you know, we could make the best with what we had. Absolutely. And you know what? That relieves that guilt at the end. Did I do it right? Did I did I give my loved one everything that they needed? And I think then we can process it a little bit easier and go on with their memory in such a much more positive light. So do stay tuned. We have a break coming right up. We're going to be chatting with Gwen Sil- Sullivan. She's the director of access for the New Hampshire, the, it's not New Hampshire, the new <laughs> National Hospice and Palliative Care organization when i see nh i think new hampshire i know there's more world (laughs) beyond new hampshire rob (laughs) we're going to meet gwen in just a moment right after this are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system 
keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Talking smack with Beth, the real sports mom. It's one hour of hot topics that matter to sports moms and athletes. We'll be bringing you tips and advice from the leaders in youth sports today, as well as some inspiring stories from athletes and sports moms. With our own Sports Moms Roundtable, you're invited to be part of our show. We strive to educate and empower sports moms everywhere. Join us for Talking Smack with Beth, the real sports mom, every Thursday at 12 noon central, right here on the TogiNet Radio Network. We'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Help us out, put your name at the top of his list, and a statue of liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on TogiNet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and our show today is about hospice, and hospice and palliative care are some words that we don't really throw around in casual conversations, so I'm really pleased to bring Gwen Sullivan on. She's the director um, of National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization out in Alexandria, Virginia, and she's going to shed some light not only on the process of hospice, what hospice is, but also the veteran... um, um, participation, you know, um, there's a, a organization called We Honor Veterans that's associated with uh, this organization. So I'm really excited, Rob, to talk about both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we do, I would love for her to introduce herself because I think it's such a neat job and such a neat, uh, you know, kind of an unheard of thing to do. And uh, so I'm excited to, to hear about Gwen first. 
Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Gwen, Gwen Sullivan. I work with the National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization. Sandra and Robin, thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of your soiree today. Um, <laughs> and to all of you all out there, I just, first of all, I just want to thank all the military moms, the military families. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, we truly uh, are so humbled um, by all that uh, that you do, and um, it is just a real thrill and a real honor to be here with you all. So thank you. And really, um, Sandra and Robin, uh, how brave and bold of you two for turning into uh, these difficult conversations and what can be appear kind of on the surface as a difficult topics. Um, but I got to tell you. Uh, listening to the two of you in the first segment here, um, you certainly made hospice and uh, sound a lot more engaging, a lot more fun. So <laughs> we're going to recruit the two of you to come be spokespeople for hospice. You don't need me. <laughs> anytime. Anytime we'll both be there. Right, Rob? Absolutely. <laughs> when you well, were, my you job, are, yeah. oh, I was going to say, I was going to ask first. You are a nurse first, right, before you began. I am involved and did did being a nurse guide you into this hospice uh, direction because of what your experiences were or had you always um, had sort of a family guidance uh, entity in your life? Well, you know, things just happen in in very strange ways. Um, I am a nurse by training. I actually started out as a pediatric nurse taking care of very sick children. That was my first nursing job out of nursing school many chapters ago. And uh, actually went on to train as a family nurse practitioner. And by the time I got out of graduate school, I had a, a tremendous opportunity to work at Duke Medical Center to set up a, a patient support program for heart patients and their families. And so um, it was actually through that program that I began to see kind of this gaping hole uh, in the, the the healthcare needs for particularly patients and, and families that are chronically ill, and and then there's kind of this gaping black hole between that experience and at the end of life. And so I became very curious about that. And then, of course, out of that curiosity, drew in some ex- very personal experiences uh, with a, a very close friend who died, uh, my grandmother who died during that time frame. And it just led me to uh, learn more about it. And then I ended up working with the state hospice organization in North Carolina, and then which led to me working at the national organization. So that's that's it in a quick nutshell. Um, I do uh, my work here at the National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization really is around developing outreach programs and resources that we give to our hospice providers all across the country. One of those programs in particular that you all referenced is our We Honor Veterans program. So I'm really excited to be able to, first of all, share with you um, just some basic information about hospice, what, answer whatever questions you have the best of my ability, and then also to, to focus uh, specifically on the veterans' work. Mm. That would be great. I would love for you to explain, you know, just what hospice is and what it isn't, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Well, first of all, hospice is a service. It's a service that provides care and comfort and support for people with life-limiting conditions, illnesses, um, as well as for their families. Um, Hospice is a family-centered team approach that includes a doctor, a nurse, social workers, uh, counselors, chaplains, home health aides, and trained volunteers. So they all work together to provide this service um, that focuses on a person's needs at the end of life. So it's really extraordinary that um, this is kind of a one-stop shop service that provides the physical, the psychological, the emotional, social, and spiritual um, addresses all of those different needs. Gwen, there, I think most of us have heard of the term hospice. However, not as many of us might be familiar with palliative care. Could you explain what that difference is or yes. if there is much difference? You know, that's, that's a great question, and I thought you'd be asking me that question. Um, Palliative care really is the type of care that hospice provides. Hospice is a service. Palliative care is the type of care. Palliative uh, um, actually is a a kind of a new medical term that you hear, but it it means to palliate, to to make comfort um, by treating the person's uh, symptoms from the illness. So it's to, to palliate is, again, to comfort, to care, um, not necessarily to cure. And so palliative care, what you hear um, and how this uh, phrase is being used even more, so you hear maybe a palliative care services in the hospital. So so really it's taking the, the same concept of what hospice provides and it actually, we're kind of moving it upstream in the healthcare system. So hospitals are providing palliative care, um, and other uh, types of uh, healthcare are making palliative care available to others. So you can actually do curative care and palliative care all, you know, together in a coordinated mm. effort. And then out of the palliative care, then people then actually learn more about hospice and 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 can be provided more seamless Um, many of our hospices across the country have a palliative care program so they are uh, offering care even outside of what's normally considered um, any folks can receive hospice Um, there's a medicare benefit that they can receive hospice services um, six if um, there's a, a prognosis, um, meaning that a person is expected to um, to have six months, basically, um, if the disease follows its normal course. So that is one of the criteria criteria for receiving hospice through the uh, hospice Medicare benefit. But then there's care where you can actually provide that same type of comfort care, even. Um, sooner and in more upstream, as I call it, um, in hospitals and, and other type of health care situations. 
Well, and I love that you use the word comfort care because that's the way I always explain it to people, you know, since the the family, the person that I'm friends with happens to be our local principal's husband. So she's a very public figure and people are like, well, what is hospice? What are they doing? And, you know, I love that you use the term comfort care because that's really what it was. It was comforting all of us and comforting my mom, you know, not only, like you said, on an emotional, a physical, a spiritual, you know, the pain control, all those things. You know, but um, Gwen, I want to talk to you real quickly, and I know we don't have much time before this segment is over, but there are some conversations that we had ahead of time as a family that were really important to have, and I would like you to touch on those before we go to commercial break. Absolutely. Um, first of all, you were so smart to have those conversations. Um, really, just being able to sit down uh, with your family members and say, "Look, if I was not, if I was in the situation um, where I was really sick and couldn't speak for myself, uh, this is what I want to have happen." Or ask a family member. Um, you know, if you're in this situation, you're really sick, um, and we have to make decisions for you, what type of, um, what kind of care do you want to get? And we actually offer very practical guides on having these conversations through our Caring Connections website. And that website is www.caringinfo.org. Um, and we've got all kinds of resources that you all can just download for free about, you know, making, you know, end-of-life decisions, leaving a legacy, saying goodbye, conversations before the crisis. Um, If you or someone you love is very ill, ask tough questions. I mean, um, we also have a a wonderful, uh, uh, another one here, how to support someone uh, uh, caring for another. So we have a lot of nice uh, Uh, and very practical information for caregivers, uh, as well as just information about what is hospice and the dying process and that type of thing. So um, those are, um, that having these conversations well ahead of time is the most important thing that you can do so that when you are confronted with these situations, that everybody is on the same page. And I really, while said, that everybody mm-hmm. deals with this differently. But as long as it you're does. on the same page about the decisions, you know, what mom would want or what dad would want or, or you know, that can, makes, uh, that really helps you get through that situation together. Gwen, we're going to go to break right now. We're speaking with Gwen Sullivan. She is a director of the for the National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization, which is the largest nonprofit membership organization representing hospice and palliative care programs in the United States. We'll be back in a moment with Gwen. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Mobile is the future, and the future is now. 
Listen in each week, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 Central, to Brilliant Mobile Marketing with your host, Mobile Mary, as we simplify the hottest marketing channel, mobile marketing, and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant, be more profitable, and have more fun in your industry. Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with Brilliant Mobile Marketing and your host, Mobile Mary, America's mobile marketing expert, as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from 4 to 5 Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on toginet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and our topic today is a very uplifting discussion of hospice and palliative care with respect to our uh, the dying process when it comes to our family and friends, and especially for today's show with our veterans. And I want to get to the veterans in a second, Rob, but I just want to make a note about these websites. We've got caringinfo.org, we've got wehonorveterans.org, and when Gwen was talking about, uh, you know, there's information there that you can download, information that can help you. For those of you that missed the first half of the show, uh, find us on iTunes, find us on Military Mom Talk Radio. But more importantly, if you are experiencing um, the the dying process or the loss or the sickness or terminal illness of a family, friend, or loved one, it's really worth it to go get these guides, Rob. When my mom was dying, one of the hospice uh, volunteers gave me this little packet you know called the dying process or whatever you needed to know and at first it was all creepy I was like ooh, you know I don't know if I, I like this but what 
it did was, you know, you know me, I'm going to say it the way it is. But you know, when you're sitting there, and the person that you love most in the world is dying, there is a natural process, there is, you know, something that everybody goes through, you know, with a greater Mm -hmm. or lesser extent. So to have this little and you know me, I'm a compulsive note taker, list maker, check Mm -hmm. person. I was able to look at this list. So when these things were happening to my mom, I wasn't completely freaked out. I was still freaked out, but I wasn't like off the walls, banana. Oh, you know, that's what this is. Oh, that's why this is happening. And it didn't make it any easier. It was still really rough, but it wasn't as confusing. It wasn't as frightening. And, you know, I just think it's really important that people know that there's information there that can help them, but that really it can help. I think it's so important to have conversation well in advance, whether it be advanced directives, and this is something that we want to ask Gwen about in a moment, but to be able to talk openly. It, it, I have to share real quickly because I don't want to take more of Gwen's time. When mom and I were going through some of her insurances and we were looking at her life insurance policy and she said, I don't know if I can afford much more. I think I'm all paid up. And then she she kind of looked at what the benefit was going to be and she said, "So." am I good to go? (laughs) And it was just the way she said it. Am I good to go? (laughs) I said, mom, you're good to go. (laughs) You're good to go. That is, you know what? That's such a cherished memory. I mean, I have the one with my mom that says, please don't let your father bury me in that blue suit. Please just anything, but not the blue suit, you know? And it's, you know, these are fun things, but they're, they're necessary and they're, you know, there's so many questions. And I think, Rob, you have a great question about these forms that you can download. Well, Gwen, I was looking through your website, and we do want to make sure that if uh, people are missing some of the websites, your general website is www.nhpco.org. And oh, my goodness, what a wealth of information is on this site. But in looking for advanced directives, I noticed that it it referred to downloading your state's directive form. Does that mean that if you're in the military or you've moved, that if you are in a different state from where you've originally filed your advanced directives, you need to refile? Or are they not bound by state borders? Well, actually, each state does um, have their own statutory requirements. I will say that for the most part, they're, they are, um, they're very similar, and these forms are, you know, if you had one in one state, it would probably be recognized in another. Um, but if you have anything written down, anything that documents this is what this person wants, um, for the most part, it it should be honored. Uh, We do have, because we want folks to have, you know, the most updated forms available, uh, we do go um, have our forms reviewed every single year. And so we do know that these are the most up-to-date advanced directives here. But the one document is when we talk about advanced directives, I think that there's some just some real key information that people need to know. You know, they are legal documents that allow to you know you to plan and make your own end-of-life wishes known in the event that you're unable to communicate for yourself. You know, if you can communicate, great. But chances are, if you're not feeling too good, or it depends on what type of disease process. You know, you might not be up to the uh, to, 
to uh, being able to make decisions or being able to communicate effectively. And there's actually two different um, forms that that really can, uh, are part of your advanced directive. One is a living will, and the other is the the medical or healthcare power of attorney. And it's that second document, that healthcare power of attorney, that to me is the most crucial. That is where you name somebody to speak for you if you are unable to speak for yourself, because it's that person that you want to be able to say, hey, you know, make sure she's not, uh, you know, I don't want to be buried in my blue dress or, um, you know, <laughs> but seriously, um, with the, um, the certain, you know, like I've had, you know, I want to either do everything I can do um, and, um, you know, uh, at all costs or I might want to just do some trial of certain procedures, and if it doesn't work, then stop, or I don't want any medical intervention at all. But you need to have somebody speak for you. And I think sometimes even, you know, you just can't put all that down in writing. But if you know, but if that person knows your basic core values and what's really important to you, that's what will be conveyed. And that's how decisions can be best made. The healthcare team can best um, help you with your decision making. So that's the form that we, you know, really encourage folks to do. You do not need to have an attorney to sign this, to do this for you. You can download that the the form, just follow the directions on it, fill it out. In some states you need to have it notarized and others that you don't. You know, it's those little nuances kind of from state to state. Um um that are required that again, you know, sometimes I think if, you know, uh, and I hesitate to say this on national radio, but even if you had something written down on the napkin and sign it, um, that would be helpful. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's not always possible, you know, to do all these things. Um, Gwen, when we talked earlier today, prior to the show, you said an alarming statistic to me that one out of every four people uh, right now, and I think was it in hospice or, you know, are, are veterans, Um and that what makes me want to talk to you about your We Honor Veterans program. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Actually, the, the statistic that I quoted was one out of four deaths in this country is a veteran. So you think wow. 25% of the people that are dying today are veterans. And interestingly enough, um, out of that, one of two men dying today is a veteran. And and wow. on top of that, 96% of the veterans die outside of VA facilities, so they are not being cared for inside the VA. Only about 4% are being cared for inside VA facilities. So that really brings this whole kind of bring this conversation back around to the importance of community providers knowing how to take care of veterans. Uh, the VA is extraordinary. I mean, they are there. They are the experts at taking care of veterans. That is their expertise. But as you can see, the majority of them are not being, particularly at the end of life, are not being cared for inside the VA. So we were um, just really so um uh, grateful the the Department of VA came to us and said let's take a look at this issue and what can we do together here so the Department of VA uh, and our organization the National Hospice and Palliative Care 
organization um, really came up with this collaborative program called We Honor Veterans. Um, and it's a pro- program that really serves to guide veterans towards a more peaceful ending, of course, supporting their family. Um, the program works directly with hospice and other community care providers to increase really the quality of care that veterans and their families receive. Um, one thing that we have within this program, um, we have a we ask that we ask our hospices and other community health care providers to do so that they can better um, uh, recognize the unique needs um, of each veteran and, and their families. And so there's a, a lot to this program, um, and we're just uh, so uh, – this really is uh, one of our, our, our shining lights here within our organization, and so we're, we're so happy to, to be doing this with the Department of VA. Um, we only have a couple of minutes, Gwen, and I do hope that you'll visit us again because I, you are just blowing us away with the wealth of information that you have and how comfortable you're making all of us feel to just a- approach the subject. When um, you have your uh, veterans um, that you are serving, how do you integrate with the VA? Do you help those families with their um, with the particular benefits uh, that VA offers, and I'm sorry to ask you to do this in under two minutes, but go. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, I, as you can see, I'm very passionate, and I can talk on and yeah. on. So here's what, with our programs, um, what we do is to, again, we work with hospices uh, across the, the country. One of the very first things that they do in being a part of this program is to implement what we call a military history checklist. This is where, wow. upon admission, they ask every single one of their patients, are you a veteran? And then if they ask, answer yes, then there's a series of questions. You know, have, are, have you enrolled for your benefits um, and in other particular things? So if they haven't enrolled in their benefits, then the hospice can then initiate and make sure that they get the benefits that they deserve. And oh, I can't when, tell you how many of, of oh. our programs have done that. And I'm so proud yeah. of our folks for, for learning this. And so if they're having problems connecting with the VA, they call us up. We call over to the, the National Hospice uh, and Palliative Care Program within the VA. They help us, you know, get everybody talking and communicating. So this really is an, an amazing collaborative um, program together. Gwen Sullivan, thanks so much for your time and all that you do for all of our loved ones. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you so much to everyone. Looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Time to devote time to yourself. And strap yourself in for a fun, down-to-earth, enthusiastic, compassionate, easy-to-understand discussion on the unlimited ways you can be all that you want to be. Join us for Bee Institute Radio with Christine McKee on Toginet Radio. Each week, Christine will have lively and open discussions and interviews, share stories and case studies, and hear from experts on the topic of the week. Christine, a registered psychologist from Australia and published author of Be By Design, How I Be Is Up To Me, hosts lively discussions and interviews every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. 
Get ready for Smart Health with your host, Dr. Glenn Mia. Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Smart Health is a one-hour program dedicated to discussions, interviews, and news in the ever-changing world of medicine. Information leads to smart choices, and smart choices lead to a healthier lifestyle. That's the quote of host and broadcast journalist Dr. Glenn Mia, M.D. This magazine-style radio show is a fast-paced program bringing together medical experts, authors, and patients to examine what works and what doesn't in staying healthy. Dr. Glenn Mia is a board-certified physician in pediatrics and internal medicine. His philosophy to wellness starts with an investment. He says proper nutrition, rest, and exercise are the best personal investments to maintaining good health. So join us for Smart Health with Dr. Glenn Mia. Fridays at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and I'd love to give those websites out again. Uh, we want to thank Gwen from Hospice uh, for answering all of our questions. We're going to have her back next season, Rob, don't you think? Absolutely. She's, oh, what a wealth of information, but what uh, a compassionate a- attitude she has. She just was uh, so comforting and just brought everything to a positive light. Absolutely. And thank goodness there's people out here that can do this kind of job and create these kind of programs. So we want to thank all the hospices around the country, as well as Buffalo Hospice, who've cared for my mom. And I want to give those websites out again for people to find information. The veteran website is www.wehonorveterans.org. For the general population, you know, I think you can go to both, but um, Mm -hmm. it's uh, www.caringinfo.org. I think that's my much easier than the the napfa nap yeah <laughs> whatever that thing was <laughs> caringinfo.org what did we have nacra remember ali our first show with, oh, I yes absolutely right. i could never say the name right <laughs> yeah so we're thankful that it's caringinfo.org perfect well sandra we have a great guest coming up do you want to introduce him i would i think he is handsome i think he's funny i think he's charming i think he's wonderful he's our veteran correspondent stephen boyd and he happens to be robin's husband it happens to be hey steve welcome thank you ladies i'm here Oh, Steve has been so busy, Sandra. We, you know, so many times when he's at the VA, he'll be uh, checking out things and then finding more things. But I think especially because um, next week is Veterans Day, we wanted to sort of go take a quick scope across the country and just kind of give, get an idea of not only what Veterans Day really is, but a little bit of a scope of what's going on across the country. Because I think you found, Steve, that there was a ton of events and information for people to uh, not ignore. They should be looking into these things. Yeah, I was on a website earlier today um, checking out uh, 
what I did was I typed into Google um, Veterans Day Activities 2013, and I typed in L.A. because we wanted to plug uh, Sandra's hometown down there. And uh, I found about 50 different uh, activities going on from parades. It seems like each section of L.A. has their own little parade going on. Um, wow. There's just a ton of things all over the country. Um, the thing to do for people um, in their own areas is to check with their local municipalities uh, to find out what may be going on. And I would also check with their local VFW and their American legions to find out what's mm-hmm. happening. I think so often that is one of the areas to get involved with because I know with uh, me as far as the Girl Scouts, it was always nice to either get in touch with the Legion or the Women's Auxiliary because they were the ones that were doing some of those unsung hero things. The Women's Auxiliary, and I've got to say this uh, for, for people who may not be familiar with them, you need to become more familiar with the women's auxiliary. They do things that you, um, they're very quiet about what they do. For example, they will go and they will bring things to the veterans hospitals. At least they do here. This is one program that ours does. And they will go to the veterans hospitals with products, quote unquote products, so that the veterans who are, um, residing at the hospital currently can make choices and give their families a present for the holidays um, and give them sort of that independence and that ability to feel um, that they are contributing to their family's holiday. And I just think that that's such a beautiful thing. I never knew that until I became a little more familiar with the auxiliary. Yeah, and both of those organizations, being national organizations, will have, Mm -hmm. uh, they'll be able to direct people to their local uh, VA chapters and VA hospitals Mm -hmm. and areas where they may be able to help out. Um, Because it may be um, in isolated areas where they may not have a VA facility, there are still veterans that need help out there. So uh, these organizations can help direct people uh, for direct support for individuals. That's wonderful. Steve, how long has Veterans Day been Veterans Day? Veterans Day uh, started out as Armistice Day. Um, President Wilson in 1919 called it the first anniversary of Armistice Day, and Armistice Day is called was called that specifically because at 11 a.m. on November 11th, 1918, uh, hostilities ceased in Europe. Mm-hmm. So that ended mm-hmm. World War One. Um, in uh, on May thirteenth, nineteen thirty eight, it became a legal US holiday and it was still called Armistice Day then. Then during the forties there was a little fracas around the world that uh, they decided to change it and in uh, June first, nineteen fifty four, uh, President Eisenhower changed the wording from Armistice to Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's been Veterans Day since 54. Well, so thank you, Ike. Law. Yes. <laughs> oh, thanks for thanks, the highways <laughs> and Veterans Day. <laughs> I like Ike. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's definitely unique to every veteran, I'm sure. Um, and I think it's so... Uh, 
we, we're all of a sudden having a surge of people that are finally being a little more uh, grateful, I guess you could say, openly grateful. Not that the nation hasn't been grateful in the past, and I certainly don't want to imply that. But now Veterans Day, I think, has a, a little bit of uh, a broader meaning. Do you have any insight on that, Steve? We've had so many different wars, and especially for wars that last a long time. Vietnam lasted for years and years, and Mm -hmm. people started losing interest and getting tired of it. Uh, I think my personal feeling is that I'm kind of seeing it because of the long war on terror, um, Mm -hmm. that people kind of lose interest in it, and they need to be reinvigorated each year, which is what Veterans Day, I think, does. Um, I've tried to always be involved with it in some manner, if nothing else, just to go to the local uh, activities that they have. But sure. uh, the veterans, we're, we're all brothers and sisters, and it's always there for us, uh, not just on November 11th of each year, but it's yeah. there uh, 365 days a year. And I am so glad that more organizations such as um, one in particular we've been supporting all along on this show, Operation Gratitude, who does send so many care packages overseas, just always is there to remind us that not only do we support our active uh, military members, but we're also uh, having to make sure that we don't ever forget the veterans who have served and are um, among us. And there again, I, I know Sandra has said so many times, when we think of veterans, we're not talking about the uh, the elders. We're also talking about men like our son-in-law, who is um, not quite 30 and is a veteran. So, I mean, we're talking about yes. a huge gambit of people. Oh yes, we're mm-hmm. talking multi. We're talking three, four generations now. Anyway, that uh, people are involved with. Uh, we have one that uh, uh, the local uh, honor flights that take World War II veterans down to the memorials down in Washington, mm-hmm. for example. And uh, oh, I think of uh, the wounded warriors uh, organizations that have gotten so much notoriety these days. These are all uh, individual, but they're they all come about because of the particular uh, wars or situations we're in at the time, contemporary situations. And I'm so grateful, too, for, uh, for example, our Military Writers Society, uh, that we have been so fortunate to have guest authors on. They are journaling all of these experiences. They are journaling so many instances of things that we may not have always been aware of. And I really appreciate those um, military people who are spending the time to write down their their messages, um, even if it means oh, sitting yes. with yes. your grandfather and asking him questions. I think it's so important to document all of the experiences that that they have had. Oh, and as I think this veteran VA. that lives at this house. <laughs> <laughs> I, we, we, I was up at the, at the VA hospital uh, waiting for an appointment at one time, and it was an older gentleman that was wheeled in in a wheelchair, and he was mumbling to himself, and he says, and he's rubbing his legs, and he says, Gino, my legs haven't been the same since Bastone. And I'm just sitting there looking at him, and I'm going, holy smokes. 
that's when you want to just go buy a couple of cups of coffee and say, let's sit down and exactly. talk. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He was a battle of the bulge veteran. And isn't that true? Um, how appreciative he would have been if we didn't get whisked into that appointment. We could have spent a couple of minutes and just talked to him. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, let me uh, let me give a couple of uh, parades, one on the West Coast and one on the East Coast coast here um the boston parade is at 1 p.m at the corner of boylston and tremont street on veterans day that's november 11th and i have another one here and we're going to do equal opportunity for los angeles so there's an la parade the northeast la parade which starts at the uh, los angeles fire department fire station number 55 which is at uh, York Boulevard and Eagle Rock Boulevard, and that one starts at 1 o'clock also, local time. That's wonderful. Steve, thanks so much, not only for coming on and being our roving reporter, as you are, but thanks for your service and uh, your dedication to our country. We thank you. You're welcome. Next week on Veterans Day, we are going to have some uh, music and some interesting uh, encore material, but also some interesting new material. You'll want to stay tuned again if you've missed any of this show. Please visit us at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. You can always find all of our shows on iTunes and right here on our host station, Toganet.net. We want you to be here every week to find out all of the interesting things that we have. Please join us next week. Military Mom Talk Radio. Take care.